You're listening to The Outer Timers, and now here are your hosts, Chief and Ben. Whoa, Nelly! You've tuned in to The Outer Timers. I am Chiefy Two Shoes. It's me, Ben. We're back for another fun-packed show, Chief. And straight out the gate, guy in Chicago, you're going to be pleased with this. We're going straight to uh, Cola Chaos. Cola Chaos. Uh. We're throwing a curveball there because I am parched, Chief. Yeah. Lockdown's got me thirsty. That's what we're, we're, we've got no bosses, as you told me off air. You know, we do what we want. <laughs> hey, we don't answer to anyone on the out of timers. Now, Not I've just been on missus. the. Um, I've just been on the balcony clapping for the NHS, and now I'm thirsty. Okay, I've got a Pepsi Max Raspberry. Okay, interesting. Uh, again, five mil bottle, five hundred mil bottle. Yeah, absolutely. So zero fizz when I. I got that. a bit there. Now I've noticed that you've never ever had a can on this show. I haven't because I can't find anything interesting. Right. Yeah. Sorry about that. But right. I'm not actually sorry. Um, holy smoke that is a raspberry festival now just compare this if you will because we know that chief does not live in a vacuum everything has to be compared to something else you had a strawberry diet coke twist yeah twist how does this compare now that was a strawberry fest too but this takes it to another level all right but unfortunately it's a pepsi so it doesn't taste as nice if i had some ice and this was in a glass yeah. I think I could have a nice evening with that. Okay, so fizz bang it for me. 7.5 fizz bangs, Chief. 7.5 fizz bangs. Log Chief, it. Chief has... It's logged. It's on my pad. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'll be putting up on the socials all the scores of all the colas consumed, and uh, you can be the judge out there, listeners. God, you got a day free. I, man, <laughs> we'll come on to that later, maybe on another show, but um, I, I need your missus's help with uh, okay. organising my life. But listen, right. I have got a... Can UK size, so we're talking three thirty mils. It's a Pepsi Max Ginger. Whoa, that is unknown to me. What describe the can? It, it's you'll like this can a lot. It's black yeah. and it has ginger root, a picture of a ginger root on the top with kind of gold, kind of the weird gold shapes around. I'll take a picture and send it to you. You'll like okay. this can a lot. You'll be you'll be going out buying this. Right, listen, let's listen for the uh, fizz. Oh, yeah, that smell? was charged. Smell smells like Pepsi. Can't smell ginger. Taste, um, yeah. I am getting a subtle ginger there. Very nice. That would be quite nice as a mixer, I think. Uh, I'm going to give this. It's. I'm going to give it a six point five. Yeah, a little There's bit. Never really been anything that stunk, has there? Uh, I had a Coca-Cola Energy. I believe was on episode three. And I think I gave that a 4 out of 10. But uh, apart from that, the lowest mark I think has been a 6 or a 6.5, yeah. Man, if people f- dig up this um, podcast in like 150 years' time, like it was some sort of time capsule, yeah. they're going to be like, these nutters were just rating colas. Yeah. What do you mean, dig it up? We're still going to be going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot you're, you're scared of dying and, yeah. and 150 years. You're, you're, trying to, you're trying to hit that, are you? That's it. I made a lemon cake the other day now because we've drizzle got, cake lemon because, drizzle you know it because we are have gone vegan i was looking for an egg substitute now i had heard that aquafaba was a good substitute now i don't know if you know what aquafaba is I, d- I don't so when you buy a can or a packet of chickpeas you take the chickpeas out and you drain off that juice and that juice is aquafaba now oh, apparently okay. the juice from a chickpea packet can be substituted as an egg so tried that and that bugger did not rise worth a goddamn. So it ended up being a lemon tart rather than a lemon cake. So back to the drawing board, Aquafaba. <laughs> so if you've got any good tips, listeners, about how to make an, a cake rise, another one I saw, let us know, or let me know, because you're not making a vegan cake, that's for sure. But the, uh, other, no, the other thing I heard was a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar and uh, half a mashed banana. God, it's like World War two times over there you're yeah. rationing you're going down and getting your bit of sugar yeah Christ, anyway what have you what have you been on? up to what have you been up to different things different things <laughs> to that still in lockdown still homeschooling um i'm still professor Forlom, head of pe head of maths yeah uh you know there's not really much to say 
to be honest with you, Chief. I feel, I'm feeling good, though. I'm feeling okay. As I yep. said, we've just been on the balcony and clapped for the NHS, all the doctors, National Health Service, people in the UK out there making a difference with COVID-19. I'm feeling good. I actually went out for a little cycle for the first time. Had on quiet, so I could obviously hear other traffic, although there was not much traffic. I was listening to the G.I. Joe Berg latest podcast. Go and check that out. Um, it's a G.I. Joe one. And uh, yeah, came back to the house. Then I'd set up a barbell in the garden, so did some... Uh, bicep curls and uh, just looking to set up another uh, you know training platform tomorrow in the garden now chief how's your form with your bicep curls you got your knees slightly bent back straight and you are just isolating that bicep yeah correct i like to try and pin the elbows to the side wow so they don't move too much you obviously uh, full pump full pump i like to do 10 then you know maybe three sets of 10 then i like to do two sets of half raises so i basically just Mm -hmm. do a half rep of four then i put the barbell all the way up and then i do lower four reps yeah that's good lower it to halfway and up and then i do to failure just do as many curls as i can to failure yeah another mix on that i like to do is sort of eccentric so you snap up quite fast yeah and then you go down for like i don't know maybe even like eight seconds nice so the bicep is working and tightening, but yes. at the same time, crazily, it's actually stretching as well. Yeah, sounds good. good. It makes you, makes, makes you strong. Yeah, I feel God, strong. This is like some sort of... Do you, do you feel strong? Yeah, yeah tired, okay. but strong. How are you lifting your own body weight, doing stuff like press-ups, dips, pull-ups? Have you got those kind of facilities in your poor. access to that? Poor is Or my you own. are poor. Yeah, I'm poor at them. Yeah, I've got. <laughs> yeah, I've, you know, I've got some. I've got some really nice uh, push-up little bars, which are good. But I feel like you are a piece of iron. I think if I tried to lift you up, yeah. I think I'd struggle. Well, I reckon you are a lot heavier than you look, as in you're sort of dense. Yes, I would say dense. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I am dense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in weight. No, what I mean is. Uh, you've probably got quite a lot of muscle, I'd imagine. Heavy bones. So, yeah. so lifting your own body weight. So, do you reckon you could do a chin up? Yeah, I reckon I could, but maybe only about three. Yeah, I mean they are they are really hard. So where they is that? That's really all hard. in the biceps and the back, is it? I'm I'm actually really only a fan of doing wide arms, Chief. I yeah. feel like that's the real test because they are proper hard. Yeah, like that's most like it's like average lap, Joe's like, can't do one. No, it's like lap pull downs on the machine, isn't it? Effectively. Yeah. What are you doing there? That's actually good practice for doing them, but if if at all possible, I'm just into doing anything where I'm lifting my own body weight. Like a human being should be able to support their body on any kind of angle. You should be able. To, everyone should be able to walk on their hands, really. Right. And support their weight in any direction. Anyway. Anyway, I want to talk about movies. Our race to 200 continues for the calendar year. We're both way ahead of schedule. That is not in contention but we are also engaged in a battle now you Uh, did some really interesting films that i was quite keen to chat about so kick us off so started and letterbox has put these in the wrong order but the first one i did was tron 1982 wait that came out in when dude 1982 oh 82 yeah okay i don't think i've ever seen the whole thing wow but it was groundbreaking wasn't it but it didn't do quite what they wanted It, it wasn't massive I can fully believe that. I don't have the numbers, but I, I would understand if it didn't do massive numbers. It was Disney, yeah, Disney movie. It's a strange one because, like you said, it has it has kind of groundbreaking effects at the time, and especially Definitely, those those light cycle scenes are just oh my, I, uh, eat them up. They're incredible. Just the the sense of speed and. You know, the tension and the, the action there is fantastic. Jeff Bridges is brilliant. Now, for those that don't know, this, in a nutshell, there are certain characters in the real world and Jeff Bridges gets sucked into this kind of uh, video game style arena, which is part of, effectively, he's gone inside the computer. He's in the motherboard and he's bumping into all these other programs and other characters from his real-life encounterings have their counterparts as programs played by the same person. Right, okay, okay. What did you give it? I gave it three and a half. So, three and a half is a bloody good 
from Chief. Yeah, I think at this ta- point in his life, in this mood, yeah, you take that. I think it tails off towards the end, but it's definitely got a lot of rewatchability to it. So yeah, I think that the effects in it would have been great when they came out, and then I think they would have been considered bad for twenty odd years. But now they kind of look really cool and retro yeah, and yeah. quite awesome. I agree with all that. Uh, then so I went obviously on you to naturally went on to what Tron Legacy. Yes, from 2010. I gave this four stars. Yeah. Now, did you see this in 2010? On I big saw it on the cinema. I think I've seen it once when it came out on DVD, and then uh, again this week. You've seen this film three goddamn times. Yeah. Really. So okay. when I saw it at the cinema, I came out thinking this is turd. Watched it on DVD and thought, yeah, this is okay. And then the third time round, I was like, this is great. It literally has an upward curve for me. I so. think it has an upward curve for many people. Now, I was uh, getting pumped for this film like six, seven months before it came out at the cinema, Chief. I was... Even though really you'd never seen the original? Up. No, because the Daft Punk soundtrack, yeah. the the trailers that were coming out, how it looked, and, you know, I really like hyper, hyper stylized stuff. I was like, this film literally looks like it's been made for my brain. And now, you hated it. No, I saw it in IMAX, and I did love the look, and I thought the score was great. I think I thought it got overly panned by people. I didn't think it was as bad as people said, but I did feel like it was a little bit soulless. I didn't think there was yeah. that much there. When I watched it again, I was like, hey, man, I think this is becoming a bit of a cult kind now, of film. Now and, this uh, is... I would love to watch it again. This is the film that Ready Player One should have been. This is a better version of Ready Player One for me. Mm, Obviously, okay. it doesn't have oh, as much... Now I'm thinking about that again. I get <laughs> pissed off, man. <laughs> Two and a half stars. <laughs> Ready Player One got me into making, wanting to do this podcast. It was the reason I started collecting all this retro shit. Right. That's what it was. It re like I read that book and I just started buying stuff on eBay. Yeah. Anyway, we can't go into that again. Right. Um, Ball ache. Yeah. And also, this movie came out before the book was written for Ready Player One: Tron Legacy. I think the book was 2011 for Ready Player One. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah. So I think probably. that stole from this. But anyway. Um, oh, throwing shade there at the last minute. Then I did, actually. Did, just then quickly, act- back to Tron, back to Tron. Do you like the soundtrack? Because I love the Yeah, soundtrack. I love it, I love it. I was staying on Tron because what I did was, because I had Disney+, Plus, it came up with another Tron thing, which was Tron Uprising, which is a TV show. Oh, so okay. animated, it only lasted one season. So I actually <laughs> tried that. I tried one episode, and that is hyper-stylized, and I think I'm going to continue that. So right. that, that was actually quite interesting. Then I watched, I stayed with Disney because I'm on a Disney Plus kick. Uh, I watched The Black Hole from 1979. Never seen it. But I could watch it because it came out after Jaws, so you yes. never know. So this is this suffers from being Star Old. Wars light in a way. It's obviously oh, okay. two years after Star Wars, and you get characters that are kind of resembling Darth Vader in a way. You get oh, uh, lots of droids and robots, which are trying to be 3PO and R2, obviously. It's this really strange one, because I remember watching this a lot as a kid, and in my psyche it was a kids movie when i went in to watch this again it's got loads of dark elements in in it the the bad guy is kind of a bearded dude who looks very much like better do if it's called black hole yeah it looks very he looks very much like the guy in moonraker what's his name drax uh, drax maxim is it maximilian drax no someone drax anyway he looks like drax and he kind of acts like him as well he acts like a bond villain he's this this craft is in space they're looking for a missing shuttle or ship and they get sucked into a black hole and they find it and this guy has taken over and he's all the crew are dead and he's kind of turned him into zombie things it's got loads of it's a it's a pg or a u and it's marketed as a kids movie but it's loads of dark elements and kind of body horror stuff and i actually enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would Uh, i gave it three stars three stars she's dishing out the stars this week this is um, unheard of yeah then i watched holmes and watson and that's why we take a downturn uh, why where so, did that come from after those three films? yeah I'll, I'll take you through the journey so i was thinking about oh this is another thing i was going to talk about but um i was, might save it till next week now 
so I was thinking, okay, fine, I've got Disney+, Plus, I've got Prime there, I've got Netflix. I haven't checked out Now TV for a while. So I went on to Now TV, and I had a few movies saved. The last one I watched from that was Edge of Tomorrow, and I had about six movies in my watch list. So I thought, all right, let's go and maybe watch one of them. And as I'm about to go to my watch list, it says, screening now, Holmes and Watson. And I was like, uh, that's that Will Ferrell, John C. Riley. Yeah, and is that doing it for you? I mean, no. And I'm ashamed to say, the reason why I watched it is I saw the runtime and it said one hour twenty seven. Oh, you did it! Yeah, I you did it. You pulled an old license to drive. <laughs> <laughs> you mother! Because I thought You're I need to crank my numbers the long up. Con there, that is to, yeah. diabolical. Just so that's my win. first. That's my first uh, short runtime for the purpose of just chalk, chalking up another number. But uh, yeah, I watched that. Summer. You could have watched Cannibal Run or something. I mean, geez. Yeah, but it was there at hand. All I had to do was press OK. So I did press OK, well, and the movie got stung. The movie was not OK. Now it is. It's I a real one star. Have you seen it? No, I'm never going to watch it. No. But geez, two stars. Well, two stars tender, because because the first half is not great but the second half there there were bits where i did actually laugh out loud so if that happens then i have to give it a couple of marks it's all over the shop it doesn't know what kind of comedy it wants to be at one point there's a musical bit in it and at one point there's slapstick then there's parody then there's kind of uh, vulgar humor it's really real grab bag of of tropes and ideas and that's kind of what didn't make it work apart from this the you know silliness of the story but anyway then the last film i watched was one i watched today which was transformers the movie which we will i gave um oh shit i haven't even put it on letterbox yet i'll do that now and i'm actually going to give that five stars and um we'll come on to that in more greater depth in about five minutes and there's a good reason for that which we'll let you into but right now we need to talk about the movies you watched okay let me get it up i could have had that ready i guess yeah could have done jeez Letterboxed open. Very light week for me this week, Chiefy. Yep. So I started the week with Star Wars The Clone Wars. Me and Chief have decided that we're going to do a Clone Wars spin off show and what? we're going to re watch The Clone Wars and release it as a new podcast for you lucky punters. Whoa! So we're doing it in chronological order. Yes. Which means this Star Wars The Clone Wars film is actually the third thing that you need to watch. So that yep. was the reason I watched it. Okay, and I'll just say quickly, all you need to do is go just into Google, type in Star Wars Clone Wars, or just Clone Wars chronological order. I think the first or second hit will take you to the official Star Wars page, and it's got a list of all the episodes across all six seasons because uh, uh, season 7 yeah. is just coming out now and it will tell you the order in which to watch them and so far we have watched the first two episodes which is one from season 2 and one from season 1 and it's working out for me so far that chronological thing yeah it's great so when are we thinking of uh, dropping these bad boys Chief? well I think we will possibly drop well will will the first one come out before this episode comes out that's a problem Pro- probably will do Chiefy <laughs> well, let's wait. Let's let's wait. Let's wait. Let's wait till this episode drops and then drop one, yeah? All right. Well, I gave that 2 stars. Then I watched X2, X-Men 2. Remember absolutely being obsessed with this film, but I uh, gave it 3 stars. It's it's a good flick, not quite as good as I remember. Okay. Then I watched Transformers the movie, gave that 4 stars. The interesting thing about Letterboxd is once you start watching films multiple times, it obviously flags up and it says, you watched this one year ago and gave it this. Ah. So that has come down half a star, which is strange. But anyway, then I watched X-Men The Last Stand, which I didn't really want to watch because it's rubbish. But I thought, oh, I've done the first two. So, so just remind me what you gave the first X-Men movie. Three stars. Three stars, okay. Uh, and then X2, three stars. And then X-Men Last Stand, two stars. Because it's got a different director, Brett Ratner. You can tell he's just not as good at his job. What has he done of note? Uh, I don't know. Oh, God, I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, we don't know much on this pod. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just, it doesn't have the class as, uh, as the other ones have. And... I think they're just sort of rushing to the end. They try and do a bit of the Phoenix saga. It doesn't really work. They kill Cyclops off in like the first five minutes, which is weird. Right. 
it's just not a great film. Two st- two stars is actually generous, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's four out of I, ten. I, yeah. I think it's a real stinker. They've got um, Vinnie Jones, is it? Uh, is a juggernaut. Yeah, football hooligan, and it just doesn't work, man. <laughs> it's okay. silly. It's silly. But anyway, and that's all I did. So not a big week for me on the letterbox because I've been watching so much goddamn X-Men cartoon. Yeah, so what that's done to the overalls is put you on 76 and me on 73. So the gap is three, is and that is closer? the smallest the gap has ever been. Oh, okay. I, usually it feels like it's between four and five, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah because we're kind of matching each other. But yeah, this is since uh, t- the year 2020 began, this is the closest we've been together. I guess, and, well, we were both on still on zero. It was pretty close. And, and also, to, I have to say, my watch list is dry as a bone, Chief. Interesting. I don't know what's coming up for me, but anyway... Well, I'll that's tell you what. That's your letterbox. Yeah. Okay, we're going to talk more movies now because it's time for the new segment. It's called Raiders of the Lost Link. We're going much further than the six degrees of bacon. Linking two films and just three steps we are taking using actors, directors to get where we're going and some tenuous links to keep the game flowing. Do the steps hold up? What do you think? Now listen up, fools. It's Raiders of the Lost Link. Now, what we're doing here is... Uh, we started with the first movie last week, which was Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then I chose a movie that I wanted to watch, and I have to link the previous one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, to this new movie in three steps. And then my good partner there, Ben, will decide whether that was a good link or a bad link, if he could have done it better, and then the following week, he'll choose a movie, and he'll try and link it, etc. The segment that can run forever. Chiefy, what movie did you choose? So we will be discussing today Transformers the Movie from 1984. Hold on tight. The most incredible rock and roll adventure ever is here. Feed him to the shark gun. Starring Judd Nelson as Hot Rod. Leonard Nimoy as Galvatron. And Orson Welles. Coming to a theatre near you this August. Woo, mama! There we go, Chief. How the heck did you get from Raiders to Transformers? So, the first thing I did was I looked at who was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Obviously, the main man, Harrison Ford. What other movie did he star in? Now, he starred in a movie called Random Hearts. So, there's the first link. Okay. Second link. What the heck is Random Hearts? Um, I have I've never heard of that film. I have no idea here. I'm just looking so it I'm up gonna have now. I'm going to look at this. Uh, let's better look. be real, punk. Random Hearts is a 19 hurdle. is a 1999 American romantic drama directed by Sidney Pollock and starring Harrison Ford and Christian Scott Thomas. Okay, fairs. That film was in 1999. So there's what's that? That's that's the first link. Second link, yep. another movie that came out in 1999 was the movie called The Matrix. Ah, there we go, Matrix. Yep. And the last, no, Chiefy is no fan of that film. Well, interestingly, you say that because I actually thought, as I was doing these links, I thought, I tell you what, I need to do. I need to watch the uh, Matrix trilogy. Oh so, no, you don't, buddy. So that is on the slate <laughs> for the Chief for next week. Oh, brutal. I mean, the first one is great, but those other two stinkers can't remember them. So uh, there'll be there'll be interesting times next week, and you can so uh, ahead of time. What do you think? Give me now what you what you think I will star those three movies. I think you would give the first Matrix three stars. Yep. And with the other two, it depends if you're being a moron or not. If you want to be contrary you're going to say that one they're better than the first which they which they're not okay so that's just ridiculous you should give those other two other two films you should give reloaded two stars and the third one i don't even know if you'll make it through it chief i personally think that is a one star film interesting okay so three two one uh, uh, it's borderline unwatchable that third matrix film it's utter garbage Okay, interesting. Well, stay tuned next week, listeners, to see if Chief... Now I'm worried, now I might not do it, but stay tuned next week, if nothing else, to hear if I did do it. But anyway... Stay tuned to find out how you got to the goddamn Transformers. Well, the the last one should be obvious, because The Matrix, uh, that's what Optimus Prime's got inside him. 
Nice. Yeah. That's some good linkage, Chief. Yeah. That's that- not too bad. So just run it, run it through nice and quick for me. Okay, so Harrison Ford, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Random Hearts. Random Hearts was 1999, so was The Matrix. And then The Matrix is something that Optimus Prime carries inside him. Okay. The Matrix That's of Leader. That's official. Yeah. That's official. You've done it. You've done a good job there. Okay. As a bit of fun, it's my job to see if I can get there quicker. Yeah. And I think I can because... So, Raiders of the Lost Ark was directed by Steven Spielberg. Yes. Steven Spielberg was the executive producer and the main reason Transformers, the uh, Shia LaBeouf movie, got made. So, he he was the executive producer on that. That's called Transformers, and Transformers, the cartoon, is called Transformers. There you go. Two right. links. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, shall I give you that? I'm not sure. What do you mean? Well, you I give suppose it? That, it's, it's... They're both Transformers movies. All right, fine, fine. Jeez, I mean, that's a link. So you can't be giving me static on that. What was it? Spielberg was what? Executive producer on that Transformer movie. Yeah, he basically got it made, though. I mean, he hired Michael Bay to do it. It was right. pretty much his idea. Okay. All right, fine. There you go. Uh, listen, uh, before Chief. before we dig in, uh, let's just look at some numbers. So, Transformers the movie came out in 1986. It had a budget of six million, which is quite high. Now, it did six million domestic, so it literally just got its money back domestically, and then it did another six million worldwide. So, uh, made a sorry, cool uh, six mil there. What's the problem? Sorry, internationally. Oh no, sorry. Uh, internationally, it did. Oh jeez. I'm looking at the wrong stat. Internationally, it didn't get a release Could in the you cinema. Are. You always do. So you told me you saw this at cinema, but according to Box Office Mojo. It only got released in the UK in 2007. No, I don't think I could have seen it at the cinema. I think every kid thought they saw it at the yeah. cinema, but there's no way I did, even though I feel, I really do strongly feel like I did, but I couldn't have done. Yeah, this this tells I me... It, it was a blockbuster VHS rental. Yeah, you're right. This, this tells me it did 6,000 domestic, and that was it. It was only released domestically in the US. And then it did yeah. it did eleven thousand dollars internationally, in which the was US. the which was the 2007 UK release. So it only literally just broke even. Yeah. And interestingly, yeah. that budget of of six million that was the the same amount of budget that would have been used to create ninety minutes of the regular cartoon. And wow. they, they had a hundred people working for three months to create one episode of that cartoon. Holy smoke! I mean. About three mil of that probably went to Orson Welles. Yeah, yeah. For his cameo. <laughs> you have to imagine. Yeah. For his cameo. Yeah, it's the last film he ever did, man. It was, yes. And just quickly, Rotten Tomatoes, this oh. is considered rotten. It gets 58% by critics, but 88% by audience. Yeah, I like that. That's uh, that's what it's, you know, true, isn't it? It's an absolute cult classic now. Yeah. Critics thought it stunk the joint up, and I think they thought it was extremely cynical. Right. They? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, they thought it was just trying to shift toys. They. Um, yeah. It, I was going to say it was set between seasons two and three of the cartoon. Yes, and I think toys were sales were going down, and they basically were like, right, let's kill everyone off in this film, and then we can make a load of new toys. Yeah. Yeah. But um. It's awesome that they kill loads of people off. Yeah, anyway. it's great. You didn't don't normally get that, obviously, in, especially in cartoons and stuff, do you? But it's dark. You know, fair bit to unpack here. It's, let's just start with the opening. So you get, you know, uh, this moon base is just being crushed by some crazy entity thing. And then the music kicks in and, and oh. you, you go for launch. lion isn't it the band that do it it is Transformers theme and it's great and you get the blue sort of Star Wars-esque thing rolling up yeah it's fantastic I mean you you know you're in for a wild ride I'd love to talk about just our personal journey with the film and when we realised that we both loved it because it it felt kind of organic I've always liked it but then I went through a large phase of my life where I didn't own it and then it got re-released on DVD maybe in the late 90s or something right. and that's when I really started just watching it loads and thinking oh my god the soundtrack's amazing yeah, yeah. when did you remember sort of watching it and getting into it 
It's a good question. Or has it always been there? Well, it's a good question because I was I was aware of the Transformers. I never really had the toys as a kid. And you didn't either, did you? No, because you had to be minted. They were so expensive. Yeah. I had all the little ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the cheapos. Yeah, like wheelie. Yeah. And um yeah, so I wasn't really into the toys, but I was aware of the comic and I did have quite a few of the comics because I was collecting Action Force comic at the time and they were kind of interlinked. Marvel UK were pumping out these these two comics in a nice oversized format which were good. So I was definitely aware of the Transformers and I I don't think I ever really watched much of the cartoon though. Maybe some of the first season, but no, because no one ever knew when it was on and you just felt lucky when it was and I just remember picking up bits of it here and there. Yeah, so I, I don't know when I would have first watched this. I think like you, it would have been a blockbuster DVD rental. And you definitely watched it round ours on rental yeah, once. Yeah, yeah. And we watched it together. Well, more than um, once probably, definitely. Yeah, for sure. But I think uh, once you start quoting lines, you know, and I was, jazz to Moonbase 2, jazz to Moonbase 2. I mean, that was just something we'd quote all the time. And, you know, yeah. one must stand, one must fall and all this kind of stuff. As soon as you start quoting lines from a movie, then you know it's kind of hit you and, you know, it yeah. seems zeitgeist a bit. It's great because all of a sudden, yeah, I started quoting loads of transfer. I was like, wow, that bloody cartoon is in my head, man. It's in there. Yeah. And just quoting it like you would quote like Star Wars or any other, you know, I was like, it's definitely up there in the zeitgeist for me. Yeah. For sure. Loads of but, characters, massive cast, and a lot of mm, them get, you know, a fair bit of screen time as well, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, lots of them do, but sort of lots of the classics aren't in there. You see, you, you certainly see almost everyone. You don't hear from everyone. It kind of zeroes in on a, a couple of key characters doesn't it why it wasn't five stars for me this time around is because i think when i think about this film or when i think about watching it i'm mainly thinking about the first 30 minutes so i'm thinking about battle of autobot city the amazing fight with prime and megatron which is probably one of my favorite scenes Ever from any film. The, I, I, you know, when the touch kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> Megatron must be stopped, no matter the cost. You got the touch! You Prime got- lands, <laughs> and he just, he lands, he just starts land with his gun. It's like, yes! You just, it's such a yes moment. The heft, I've written down a note here, I've put heft on blaster. Basically, when he's shooting, it just sounds like... I think we talked about this on Raiders of the Lost Ark last episode, when he's shooting his gun in the Nepalese bar. And it just sounds so thuddy and so deep and reverberating. It's the same thing here when Prime's firing his blaster. It just... The weight to it, it sounds like he's unleashing bolts from Hades. Prime! One shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. A lesser man would have would have cut that earlier, but they let it hang, and he really lets off a fair few bolts with it when yeah. he lands. Yeah. And just, each one is like a kill shot. He's actually macking <laughs> some A-list Decepticons there, I think. Yeah. And in, in, in and in this film, when people are getting shot, man, they're dying. In this film, yeah, they're brown. Anyway. Bread. His blaster is so iconic as well, the way it looks and stuff. It's kind of up there for me with, like, Han Solo's blaster. I could just draw it right now. Yeah. I know exactly what it looks like. Anyway, so everything, that scene plays out, and then, you know, he dies. And then there's this lull for me where I'm like, ah, now I want to get to the last 20 minutes. So I like the first 30, and it's that mid-25 minutes where you've got the junk planet and the sort of, I don't know what the planet's called, but it's like water-based yeah, and... Hot Rod and Cup. The shark. Yeah, I, I just not into those two narratives as much, to yeah. be honest with you, anymore. And I'm just basically waiting to get to the last 20. I think it's good that they put those in because it could have just been this big oh, yeah. slugfest. And I actually quite like the, the dynamic of the Hot Rod and Cup thing because you've paired, oh, great. You've paired up this, this young upstart who... 
And he has that key scene early on when Prime's dying and um, you know he falls down and the Matrix falls out of him and mm. Hot Rod grabs it and then delivers it to Ultra Magnus. And that's kind of... Uh, uh, for but not foreboding, but it's yes. kind of a, a, a signal, nice moment that a signal to later on when Hot Rod will obviously become Rodimus Prime. But yeah, I like I like that on the planet Jung, not Junkion, whatever that Sharkticon planet is. Yeah, and yeah. you know he's fixing Cup up, and Cup's telling war stories. And I really like that scene where they they get captured, and they're in there with some other random dude, yeah. who's who explains about it. Unicron, and they go out to the quintessence, and there's these great design of this kind of thing with dangly tentacles and like many faces that turn around yes. and you know how do you plead guilty or innocent and they they call him innocent which means death yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I know, but the the best thing about those guys is how they introduce them and you get uh dare oh incredible song and that i, I mean i've just watched that scene so many times in my life yeah. <laughs> Rod, the shuttle's coming. Let's watch it land. Talk about doll, Daniel. Where are we all missing? Honestly, why settle why for a settle peak, for a Daniel, peak? when you, you can, can see, see everything, everything from, from the lookout, lookout mountain. mountain? Yeah, that's brilliant. Before the chorus drops in, you get a great bit where you know he's in a bit of trouble, and then Cup just comes down and he swings around the turret. Ah, oh, yeah. I'll straighten you out, yeah, <laughs> punk. <laughs> It, that is proper. I mean, that first, so many goosebumps. That is goosebumps every time. Yeah. And, so, and so is it when they play the touch as well. Yeah. And also, um, um, that's then they they come across the Insecticons, don't they? The Insecticons are on our way in. Uh, are in our oh, way. I love that bit. No, they're our way in as he crushes yes. one of them's face. Battle for Autobot City is incredible, Chief. Yeah. I, I, it's so awesome. I'd love to see it um, just done shot for shot live action. Yeah, That's kind of what I wanted these modern Transformers yeah. films to be. Because really. then you get then you get obviously Constructor, um, the Constructor Devastator. Uh, sorry, Devastator, which is the Constructor Cons versus the Dinobots. Yeah, which is cool. I guess I guess I miss um, I do miss Megatron a bit. I suppose like Galvatron is is fine. Uh, voiced by is it Spock what's his name Chief uh, Leonard, Leonard Nimoy he's okay but I do prefer Megatron um, yeah. I have to say and I love Prime but and obviously he dies and that is great that he dies because it's a ballsy move really it's yeah. probably just a bunch of kids in the theatre crying well you get, you get that final line you get that final line don't you you know the greatest Autobot of, the, of them all Optimus Prime will return but yeah then, then, then you get that final that final bit uh, Hot Rod becomes Rodimus Prime as they're battling inside Unicorn. Goosebumps, Chief. Yes. Goosebumps every time. So I was watching that yesterday and Phoenix, were, and, Phoenix and Emma were on the couch whilst I was watching it. And the hairs go up, man. Yeah. When he just... He, he's got him and he's about to kill him and he just pulls that Matrix open, man. And then he just whispers. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh Light our darkest hour. We should mention great moment with poor old Ultra Magnus man. He tries opening it. Yeah. He can't open shit. Yeah, he is a chump, Dan. Yeah. And he, he actually takes like seven bolts to the chest yeah, yeah. and just blows up. And obviously they they piece him back together. You know, when I was on Internet Movie Database, I was doing some of the trivia. I did sort of find out. I was like, there was clearly a lot of writing problems with this film and. As I was watching it, I, I feel like, yeah, that middle bit is a little bit flat and a bit muddled. Yeah, I see that. I do um, see that. But to be fair, I could watch this, as we said with you when you watched Aliens. If I was watching this with you and we had a few beers in us, yeah. this is a five-star film. Yeah. So, Chief, how did you watch it? Now then, you messaged me this as well after. So I watched it on DVD. Now... Uh, I'm aware there's different versions, but I wasn't aware of what the different versions did for, me, or you know, what what they did in terms of colours and formatting of the screen size. But uh, hopefully, you can enlighten me. Yeah, well, I just assumed that uh, when it was theatrical release, it was in 169, as in they drew it in a widescreen letterbox. Yeah, because it was wasn't format. wasn't it billed as widescreen? 
Yeah, it would have been. When they played it on the theatres, they wouldn't have been playing it in 4-3, which is weird why they animated it in 4-3. I can only think that maybe they turned it into a movie after, or... I don't know. Anyway, so, I've had the DVD, the Blu-ray, and now I've bought it on Apple um, iTunes. I was always gutted, because I was like, I'm watching it in 16-9, but I know that it's not the actual... 169 widescreen I, I can tell that it's cropped in from a 4.3 right so I was under the guise that no one owns the print anymore and they never transferred it from film that's why we're just stuck with this 4.3 but then you told me rightly so is that they actually did animate it in 4.3 so the correct way to watch it is in 4.3 which I think the DVD gives you the option to do doesn't it does it I just stuck it in and hit play so okay, well, there's one. So someone says the bet there's a, either the Blu-ray or one of the DVDs. One of the lo- one of the releases lets you watch it in the original how it was drawn four three. I'm stuck with this cropped version. You know, it's just a bit too zoomed in, right. and you can tell. I think with some of the animation, you're just missing quite a lot of the top and the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, it's like the Simpsons on Disney Plus. It's I'm an editor, so I know how far you have to zoom in to make something fit like that, and it's losing a lot. Right. Anyway, there's that. But uh, I did ask you to go onto Internet Movie Database and see if there was any other trivia you could find that you were interested in. Did you find anything? Uh, I found a few bits. Well, no, the, the only thing I, I kind of looked at was the fact that, you know, it, the, the budget and the fact that, it, you know, there were 100 people taking three months to produce one kind of 20 minute episode so how long would it have taken to put yeah. you know produce this but in terms of the trivia um maybe you can dish out some well i found i found this that i just it's more a sign of the times that i i think is fascinating is that uh, it says here two things that writer ron friedman had to fight to get into this movie were rc and having the transformers interact with humans spike and his son okay which is basically none of the execs wanted a female transformer in the film and interestingly it just blows my mind interestingly when transformers kind of got rebooted through idw publishing as a comic rc rc features very very heavily She's and and she's a really good character in the film, and the dynamic between her and Hot Rod, I think, works really well. And the other interesting one, where they didn't necessarily want Spike, they didn't want humans in. They it didn't at want all. humans in it, and that is the polar opposite of pretty much any franchise nowadays, whether it be you know yes. Aliens vs Predator or Transformers or whatever it is. Most people just want to see or Godzilla, or but most people just want to see that franchise they love and not dwelling too much on the human element but all those movies nowadays have too much human element in them yes no i agree and i think the probably you know the reason back then would have been we're not making a toy out of spike yeah, of <laughs> um, course money driven yeah. get rid of him i quite like that bit at the end where he's trying to get his son to transform in his ecto suit or yeah, whatever I've got it. i'm looking at it in my cabinet i've got it oh geez man it, it is a fantastic uh, watch. How do you feel about the animation? The animation style. It's very similar. It's, well, it's exactly the same as the cartoon. Yeah, isn't I it? can't but really remember the cartoon, but they didn't do anything special for the film. Some of it is quite jerky. Yeah, I found some of some um, bits looked really good. You know, as if they were yeah, had to be spent like, more time on. Cut, yeah, and then it would cut to another shot that look, almost looks like it's from a different film. Yeah, strange. Very strange. But um, that is that was the chief's choice for this week. Hopefully. You've got one for me for next week, and you will uh, whisper it like sweet nothings into my ear offline, <laughs> so I can start watching. Yeah. I'm just going to end this segment. I'm just going to play uh, an absolute classic. It's the touch, but as sung by the great Dirk Diggler from Boogie Nights. <laughs> okay, Dirk, you ready? Yeah, I was born ready, Nick. Let's go, man. Dirk Diggler demo. Keep the vocals up. You got the touch. Take seven. <laughs> You got the touch You got the power
So you hit me up saying, listen, I want to talk about trading cards. Yeah, do you know why I did that? Because when we spoke about X-Men, we forgot to mention trading cards. Yes. And that was a big part of my X-Men journey. Okay. So I, I went into my cupboard and I dug out my non-sports card album. Yep. And I was just, I went down memory lane, Chief. The nostalgia pangs were strong. So how... The, the smell of these things how was doing How did it. we get into trading cards? Well, I got into them because... When you used to drag me and my mum to the comic shop, (laughs) I was enticed by all of the shiny foil packets on the counter, which were trading cards. And I I was massively into them. And they were kind of a social currency in the schoolyard, I guess, for a bit. Um, Certainly the Marvel Universe ones were. And it was usually that rich kid that went to America and brought back a whole lackey band full of them. Yeah, now that's interesting. And I guess... This is, you know, obviously the answer to this is age, but I didn't have anyone in my school group that I knew that collected trading cards. But maybe, yeah, but that would maybe be that's, that five year difference. Maybe that's because I was sixteen. So specifically in our playground, it was Marvel Universe Series Two with the beige borders. All right, now wait a minute. I've just got to turn around, and I've got a load of folders. Turn here. around. Uh, so what you're saying you're saying marvel universe let me just pull out uh, i'll pull it out so to speak we'll put these up on the socials this is quite a social media heavy segment but we'll put all the images up so i've got it right i've got marvel universe series 91 but you're talking about 92 i'm talking about the second season yeah so yeah. 91 i've got 90 there uh, it's, it's about 290 card set they're massive yeah interesting story i'll quickly tell you i got back into trading cards probably about five or six years ago and it lasted for about six months but when i did i just started going on ebay and buying complete sets of old stuff and i bought a complete set of marvel universe 1990 and i think it was from america it was about 20 quid and that has how many cards has that got yeah 200 cards in that set but when i got the complete set some joker had sent me two of the same one so i've got two punisher battle vans and no punisher Oh, stitch up. Anyway. Hey, that, that's another thing to say about how much they cost. <laughs> Back in the day, everyone was like, these are going to be worth loads, but they ain't worth shit, no, man. No. All of the sets that I've got, I looked, and yeah, I mean, 15 quid on eBay, complete set. Yeah, so this one, this Marvel Universe 91, first card in the deck, Spider-Man. So what they are is they've got the, the character's name in the bottom, a nice drawn image. Now, I meant to go through the artists because I think there's only a handful of artists who did all these for this particular set, but I forgot mm, to probably. do that. And then on the back of the card you get the power ratings, which, again, this is something we'd pour over because you'd have strength, speed, agility, stamina, durability, intelligence, and it'd be ranked from zero to seven. Now, when I was collecting that, that was very much in the kind of lackey band around a big brick of (laughs) cards. Uh, I didn't know anything about, like, folders or anything. And then through me and you going to the comic shops, you were like, get these sleeves and get yourself a binder. (laughs) Get, Get, you know... Take it up a notch. Get serious. It's like uh, it's like Brody when he goes to the flea market. Uh, yes. Yeah. Get some uh, get some boards in these, you savage. Uh. <laughs> so I remember going to Salisbury a lot for my trading cards and going to a shop called Floppy Tongue, yep. which was a really cool little shop. Actually, it was big on trading cards, Floppy Tongue. It was. It was a and small little a, store, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very small. It was really cool, though. So anyway, so my first set that I started collecting was Star Wars Galaxy Season 1. So that was, what, 1990? Uh, let me dig that out a second. Four? But before you do that, I just want to also mention about these Marvel Universe ones. I'm sure in this 200-plus set, at the time, we probably only knew 20 characters that were here. That, oh my god, yeah. There must totally. have been loads that you know we just had no prior knowledge of who these characters were. But uh, anyway, so yeah. Star Wars, let me dig out that folder. Well, I've got it right here. So it's 1993, and they had those purple foil packets that were great. Right, here and we go. This was, this was huge for me. 140 cards in this checklist, in this set. Very small. We were kind of collecting these together. So what the deal would be is you'd go and buy your comics, but then you'd always chuck a couple of these packs on top. Fact. And I actually collected these and completed this set from buying the, you know, the packs. There was no way you could just buy a complete set. Yeah, I think then. I had to go online and buy some singles somewhere, possibly. We, well, you we certainly didn't go online back then, but no. you mean in later life? Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. 
So you never completed that set. I don't, well, I don't at think At the time, so. this was the, the Dark Ages for Star Wars. There, there really wasn't much stuff out. So Star Wars fans, this was huge. What year I is it? Did you say? I can't see. Uh, 93. 93, yeah, you're right. So strange Baron. choice Baron. to put out a Star Wars series now. Yeah, but they knew people liked it. And and the backs, I read every single word of these yeah. night after night, Chief. I just poured over them. So when I flick through them now, it's amazing. Like each card is like holds different memories for me. Yeah. Phoenix is crazy into them. It was so fun just sitting through the folder and, and going through. Um, I think I might spend a few nights actually going, well, uh, it, when am I going to get the time to do that? And, and, and the cool, do you know the really cool thing about these Star Wars cards are, is when you look through them, this is a Star Wars universe that is built on what if, and, you know, there was no, pre, the prequels hadn't happened yet. Yeah. So there was just so much headcanon going on. You could, people were just drawing stuff like, oh, maybe this is how the Emperor crowned Darth Vader yeah. and what if it was just full of possibilities I'll tell you what I'll tell Star you what, Wars is very closed now I'll tell you what did happen and I think it was 93 it might have even been 92 actually I think it was 92 mm. that's when Dark Horse Comics got the Star Wars license and yeah, they and, started and putting, I had a few of those they put out Dark Empire and yeah. a few other things so probably it was probably based off the success of those comics that they thought okay let's just whack out some trading cards yes and then that all there was a groundswell and that all kind of built to the sort of 360 marketing of shadows of the empire which was like a book yeah. comic toys it was a big thing now did you without an actual film did you carry on to do the other star wars galaxies i did two and three now i i, I did two just as passionately as i did one because it came the year after, and then three, I I, I checked out a bit. I, I you know I I just thought I don't know if I need any more of these. Really, it is season one and two that sort of hold nostalgia with me. Yeah. Not so much three onwards. Yeah. So I um, I also did one and two. I didn't complete two. I only completed that recently. Look, thinking back, I think I did complete one through packs, the same as you. And I think it's number two that I had to go online uh, recently and, and collect. But I actually, when I got back into these cards, like I said, a few years ago, I did a load of purchasing online. And I'm just looking now at Star Wars Galaxy Seasons uh, 3, 4, 5, 6. And they keep the numbering. So the last, yeah, card in, love that. the last card in the pack of this season, whatever Star Wars Galaxy one this is, it says card number 109. But that's actually card number 834. Around this time, so 93, 94 is when... I started collecting another two sets, which was Marvel Masterpieces oh. and X-Men Fleer Ultra, which they both kind of had the same ethos. They were sort of high-end, inked, really like professional art, um, very small, less than 100, I think, in the set. Yeah, so I've got, I've got Masterpiece, Marvel Masterpiece 1992, and this set is, I've got the checklist here, yeah, 100. Yeah, and this is all the whole set was drawn by a guy called Joe Jusco. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. It, they all the set looks great because it's all coming from one place. Yeah, and he yeah he's got a really cool style. I know you're a big fan of that Green Goblin one and the Loki one. Yeah, something about Green and the Hulk. Yeah, the Hulk's good. Um, yeah. Again, hours pouring over those chief. Hey, Just reading the back. I got a Wolverine and Sabretooth. Wolverine v Sabretooth, shiny there. Oh, nice. And also, you did. I don't. You didn't seem to get into these, but X Men. Fleer Ultra was huge as well. Yeah, no, um, I I remember you having them, and I did. You weren't interested. I did have some, but I didn't complete the set, and I don't think I've got them anymore. Now I think you were getting Fleer Ultra ninety four and ninety five. Now I have discovered here a Fleer X Men Fleer Ultra ninety six set that I would have bought again a few years ago online, but I didn't collect them at the time. Yeah, really cool set, and again. Just yeah, really awesome memories. These, these were like um, these were my babies. These cards. Yeah, they in this folder. they actually uh, did another Marvel masterpiece set a few years ago by Joe Jusco, who did the original '92 one. I think it was maybe twenty. When how long ago was that? Maybe a couple of years ago. And he again did a whole set, and they they produced them on super thick card, and uh, they're really nice. We'll post up some images of those. I, I bought a set of those from the states, and I think I paid 
maybe 60 quid or maybe 80 quid for that set well i just want to talk before we talk about the landscape of trading cards now in 2020 i just want to talk about the the playground holy grail your shinies your your uh, your chase cards yeah so this would have been now, this would have been the equivalent of in the uk i'm not sure if this was a big thing outside the uk but we had sticker, sticker albums. albums shoot and there would be a lot of, you know, World Cup sticker albums or Euros, yeah. a lot of football ones and there'd be or wrestling ones. There'd be like five hundred stickers to collect. And then occasionally in each pack you might get one shiny, which might be the, you get a shiny. the team emblem or the team badge. So this is kind of akin to that, but these were much more difficult to get hold of yep. the, the bonus chase cards in the trading cards. Yeah, now people would swap ten. 15 regulars for a shiny yeah. sometimes in some deals in the playground now yeah the shinies it did always have on the packs a bit like a sort of national lottery scratch card the odds of getting yeah. a chase card and it was usually like one in 12 i think yeah so and then what well what happened was in those early series there would be so for example in those marvel universe or the marvel masterpiece there would be five bonus cards and that was it and like you said, it would be a 1 in 12, maybe a 1 in 24. But then as trading cards, and there must have been a dip in the trading card market, but as trading card series kind of went into the noughties, there was definitely a case of there'd be three different subsets of bonus oh, cards. And then so many. one of them would be a 1 in 10, one would be a 1 in 20, one would be a 1 in 50. So you've actually got yeah. three times as many chase cards to get, mm. but they're all different percentage chances of getting them. Yeah, it was all a bit daunting. See, that was like X-Men Fleer Ultra, the second. It had like three lots of nine yeah. of different ones. Yeah. Um, anyway, now my specials, my babies, my holiest of holies is my Star Wars Galaxy etched foil. Now, me and you, it was my birthday, we were in London, and at the top of Hamley's, which is a really famous toy shop in London, they used to have a comic shop up there. Yeah, they did. That's the first place that I actually bought my first American comics. Now, was it a branded comic shop that just lived in Hamley's? I don't know. know. may have had a name. But anyway, I bought like eight packs of Star Wars Galaxy... And I got Luke Skywalker in Jedi with green lightsaber and R2-D2. And I remember still got it. running around. And I've got him right here. And it is incredible. Now, it's three of six. Okay. And I did get one more. I got Obi-Wan and Yoda. But did you get any? I've got zero. Zero on the Star Wars That's Galaxy chase cards. Fat zero, Chiefy. Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Hey, I'm just flicking through my folder here, and you got me into these, but I, I'm not really that interested anymore. I'm going to tell you what it is. Star Wars widescreen. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Reign of Superman. Oh, God, yeah, I got that too. But uh, were you in, like, these widescreen ones? This, I don't know. They were just, they were just a, they were an odd size, and they were literally just stills from the movie. I don't know. I've got the whole goddamn set Have of you? hope here. Uh, but, uh, just stick the movie on instead. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> exactly. So, Chief, now, with my son, Phoenix, the boy, I was yes. like, you know, you should get into trading cards, Phoenix. They're really cool. And I remember you were kind enough to send us some some bits. But oh, did I? from digging around, yeah, you sent us some Marvel stuff where, where they're like still shots of New York and then they've put oh, in... Oh, yeah, the QFX ones. Yeah. They're not really to my tastes. He liked them. Okay. But I started digging around. I was like, hang on, there just isn't current sets. I was like, what's going on? And it turns out that really the 1990s were just an absolute boom time for trading cards. Yeah. And that didn't really roll on into the sort of noughties and you no. know, the years I after. Guess, I guess anything that's kind of analogue collectible like that is going to get crushed in some way by the, the digital sphere in a way, I guess. But you, were they not bound to comic books? I, were they not sort of... Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know why people stopped making them. Yeah, I think there was definitely a shift. That people love collecting stuff, and I think the shift was into those kind of 
collectible card game things i've never got into them like magic the gathering Ugh. and yes you're right Chief. Uh, i don't know uh, i don't know enough about those i'm a board gamer but i'm not a pokemon uh, a ccg player well they did there's a star wars one or they call them living card games where they just yeah pokemon that kind of style where they just keep releasing mm. new sets and it's a very very competitive playing market you know with big prize money and things like that for you know professional players but I think that's where the cards shifted. The collectible nature of just cards that don't really do anything has kind of ebbed ebbed away. Shame. Yeah, I, I suppose you're right. I mean, because if you go into a comic book shop now, the counter is just full of, you're right, Magic the Gathering and Pokemon. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Whereas back in the day, you'd have, I don't know, at least eight or nine boxes yeah, there. Of different series, yeah. Full of those shiny, delicious little packs. Yeah. We did, so, did we do a Fleer Spider-Man one as well? I No, I'd never had that. Okay. Uh, did, did that exist? Yeah, there must have been just me then, yeah. Oh, okay, I, I don't want to give a quick shout out to, although they're technically their stickers, but Garbage Pail Kids. Oh. They are something that has come back, probably because of this kind of retro culture kick that's happening. They're doing sets, a couple of sets every year. Now, I really liked some of the sets they did recently, which was We Hate the 80s. Yes. And then they followed that up with We Hate the 90s. And I got complete sets of both of those. Okay. Bought the wallets, put them in. And me and Phoenix uh, look at those regularly. I can, and I can awesome. vividly remember. I think I had complete first and second series of those. Yeah, when I think of... And they were stickers. They were, kids, they were stickers, me- not cards. Yeah, although they're, they're very much treated like cards now. Right, okay. Technically are stickers. You can stick them. Okay, right, all right. They just make me think of very small news agents and just... Yeah. Like, have they got any? Have they got any? And they and so, lucky well, did. They, they did. also, I think, back in the day when I was getting them, you used to, you used to get a stick of gum in there. Mate, I've, I've got some that I've bought off eBay, <laughs> some really old school packs, and you can feel that gum in yeah. there, and it's like a stick of dynamite now. That's it. It's firm, rock solid. But so, <laughs> so is that is that the only kind of ones that Phoenix is into? Really, the garbage pails now? Yeah. Well, there's nothing contemporary that actually fits the bill. Like he's absolutely because we're watching X Men. I mean, he is just sitting there at night with my album. And he's just pouring over those X Men Fleer Ultras. Oh, right. Just read reading the backs because yeah. he he wants to know precisely what their powers are. Yeah. And that's what the back. Well, of the get, cars look, get him into get him into comics, man. Yeah. Well, dude, I I um oh, it was really awesome this afternoon. I just chucked him a couple of X Men comics. Astonishing X-Men, which was the new one that I tried to read, yeah. and he um, gobbled those up. All right, nice. And I was like, I'll, I'll get you issue four, mate. Yeah, good, solid. Well, um, speaking of Phoenix and the kids, I think we put some questions to them. Hello. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Healing powers. Because if you fell over, you'd heal quicker, and you'd live longer. Because um, you'd have healing powers, so if you got if you got a disease, you just like heal from it. Controlling weather like storm. She is from X Men, and she controls the weather. To like, if people are being bad, she can put them in tornadoes. To fly. To fly to fairy Thank you. There we go. There's the questions answered. Scout popping up there at the end. Scout is in what I like to call the chunk phase, which means he's not really getting longer. He's just chunking. He's getting wider. Just, yeah, fuller. Just full of milk. It's coursing through his body. Yeah, Yeah. solid. A little slug. (laughs) Um, Listen, I need you to start racking your brains and thinking of a movie so that you can... don't, Don't be giving it to me like the night before we got record putting the putting the pressure clamps on me so i've got you know have to knock other stuff off and watch that ahead of the show i'll give it to you tonight but much right, no okay. problem all right, all right um well while you're doing that i'll tell the good people where they can find us uh, you can find us on the outer timers that's the o-u-t-t-a timers but if you're here you probably know that already we're on the outer timers on twitter the outer timers on instagram um you know the outer timers at gmail.com if you want to send us an email uh, if you want to check out what I'm doing, you can go to my other podcast, the one that I started with you, and I'm now my third co-host. I basically use them up and break them and find another one. That's called <laughs> Talking Joe, and it's uh, it's about G.I. Joe comics and toys, but we talk about a load of other stuff as well, so give that a listen. 
You can also find me on Chiefy Two Shoes, that's Chief with a Y, number two shoes, on Twitter and Instagram and uh, somewhere else, I think, maybe on Facebook. And what I'm doing at the moment on those channels is I am posting a daily cartoon strip that I wrote four years ago when my wife was about to give birth to our kid. And I'm chronicling, I chronicled the day in real time as it was happening. I was doing this cartoon in the hospital uh, every time something funny popped up or occurred over a 24 hour period. And I'll be posting, I, I just rediscovered them. I thought, oh, these are quite funny. And I'm posting one a day. So, That's great. So have a peek inside the Chief's life, a 24 hour peek. And uh, yeah, get some insight. That's awesome. What people out there don't probably realise about Chief is he's actually a very talented artist, although doesn't seem to draw anymore no well this is actually a magnet comic so this is a three magnetic panels with pre-rendered people to stick on so all i'm doing is writing the funny words damn it you're like magneto all right fair <laughs> enough go and check it out yourself i freaking have checked it out myself <laughs> god everyone's got content it's coming out their yeah. goddamn ears anyway listen uh go on We've been the Outer Timers. We are out of time. See you next week.